Switzerland, Gigax. It comes from the Greek word gigantus. D20 came in red box D&D. Colored numbers in with the crayon. They're solid plastic, so don't settle for imitation. Enough. Release the princess or prepare for wizardly combat. I want to show you a trick mother showed me when you weren't around. covering the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game and old-school adventuring. It's time to party like it's 1974. Don't ask me pointed questions, please. <laughs> so, what did you think about this, yeah, Jeffrey? I will chip in and I will think it through. Oh, but if if you call me out and so, Jeffrey, what was your? Yeah, we could be Jeffrey. I'm I'm shocked. I would never call you out on air. That's Job's job. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'll be better prepared. I've just been crazy. Same. Crazy drunk, apparently. <laughs> Tad Tober or whatever you got going on. <laughs> adventures, adventures. Come and get your adventures. This week on Spellbarn, we're going to review three recent third-party adventures for the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game. We're going to review Claytonian JP's The Wizardarium of Calabraxis, Carl Bussler and Eric Hoffman's Prayers of the Forgotten, and Stephen Newton's Stronghold of the Wood Giant Shaman. Dudes, I got that done in one take. Sweet. Nice. <laughs> so, I'm Judge Jim, your dyslexic host, with my opulent bevy of co-hosts. Judge Jen? Hey, guys. Judge Jeffrey? Hey, everyone. And Judge Job? Hola. Hola, amiga. Let's go to the tavern. And the first rule of bartending is this. GBTB. Go beyond the book. Go beyond the book. What do you have? Heineken. F*** that. Tavern talk. So, what did we all do in gaming this week? Who wants to go first? I can go first. Uh, let's see. I am. Uh, I'm on 
Judge Break at the moment. So we have been playing Swords and Wizardry, being run by one of the other guys in the online group that we've been doing the actual plays for. Uh, it's been going really well. Uh, we narrowly avoided a TPK because one of the guys in the group is a, an extremely good role player and managed to talk us uh, through a situation uh, that was, was certainly it was a large encampment of bandits that was much larger than we should have been tackling. Uh, he managed to talk our way into there. Uh, someone had the genius idea of spiking uh, someone's drink with a potion of levitation, like the dude that we thought was going to be really tough. <laughs> and so that worked out pretty cool because you know he was much less effective uh, after that. Um, so it all sort of worked out pretty well. It was really cool. It was sort of really that that old school. What do you? What do we have that can help turn this to our favor? Really looking at that, trying to figure it out. So it was a good session. We had a really good time. Fist, so it, was a, it was a good time. Fist bump for the judge break because I'm one of those two. Yeah, I think it'll be good because I'm already starting to get the itch to to run something again. Uh, so you know the break's been good uh, to get, sort of refresh those creative juices. So nice. How about you, Job? Uh, well, <clears throat> I've been um, running a little bit of. Um, of uh, the adventure that I'm working on, 98th, uh, 998th Conclave of Wizards um, on the ferry again uh, to test out something else that I've been working on. That's been going pretty well. It's fun trying to um, get all this done in 30 minutes. Just basically people loading onto the ferry and you have about 35 minutes till it gets to the other side. So, so I've been doing so these. Wild. <laughs> yeah, so I've been doing these lightning, you know, 30 minutes a day, uh, you know, on the 440 every day of the week. So, um, it's been pretty cool. I think that's worthy of song, you know. Because yeah. <laughs> eventually you're piling up people who are coming back on the ferry for the commute the next day who who know what you're doing. But you start out just approaching people, sit there with your dice. How does that work? Uh, no, I got a group of, of guys that, that play in the games that, that we do every couple months um, that all commute with me. So, oh, okay. Uh, so we all so read the same bus back. <laughs> That's still a whole case of awesome sauce, man. Yeah, it's fun. Actually, we were doing this thing where a um, strange lady came up to us and she's like, I'm glad there's able-bodied seamen aboard this ferry. And I was like, what are you talking about? She apparently didn't like the ferry workers or something and thought that we were, when we were gaming, uh, talking about like this like spaceship thing, she thought we were like, I don't know, talking about our real lives on, on a Navy boat or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, I didn't disabuse her of her uh, her ideas. I just were like, oh, okay. Of course not. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Well, what's happening at your table, Jen? Oh, well, our, our weekly D&D game's on hold. The bi-weekly First Ed game, uh, our players all turned into murder hobos this week. The cleric killed an innocent dwarven child and is now a fighter. Uh, so Ouch! That, <laughs> yeah, that, that was all sorts of fun to deal with. Uh, in bigger news, my DCC game finally reconvened. Yay! Uh, so for my 13th road crew game this year, I ran them through the 13th Skull. And I cannot tell you how many 13s were rolled for hits and damage. It was getting a little creepy. That's kind of um, weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm not superstitious. But, uh, 
then, of course, the girl they were trying to save got killed, and the new cleric of the Carnifex prayed for divine aid to bring her back, because otherwise they got no reward, of course. And the bugger rolled a nat 20. So the girl chokes back to life, and his disapproval went up to 13. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the, the... her her father, the Duke, is now excavating and rebuilding the Carnifex's temple in Thanks. So all of this has really just, I mean, really gotten my juices flowing again. And I am excited to announce that for my next game, I might sandbox it. I am seriously thinking of just taking a few seeds and going with it. So, Oh, you're going to wing one? Do it. Could, it. It could be a disaster, but I'll I'll report back even if it's hat in hand and saying, okay, dude, this sucked, so uh, back to the modules I go. But It'll be I, awesome. I gotta give it a shot. I mean, I've, I've been going through, especially after our last show, been going through the advanced magic section more and, you know, just on on a somewhat unrelated note, I would strongly recommend that everyone roll up a dragon just because it's a very educational experience. Our little I'm, judge is growing up on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there. How about you, Jim? Uh, well, before we do meet, you know, you've been telling us what's been going on in your DCC campaign for uh, months now, and one of the products we're going to review tonight suddenly sheds a whole new light on some of those stories. I was thinking that as I was reading through it. Uh, yeah, one. There, there was actually a relic given out by the Carnifex that I was finally able to put stats to, thanks to one of these products. I see. Yes. Well, you know, fist bump to Jeffrey for taking a judge judging break, thanks to the judging skills of uh, James Smith, who's a card-carrying member of the Mutant Murder Hobos. He's taken over, um, literally running my... Um, post-apocalyptic campaign and last night we went through the second half and almost got to the end of this character funnel he's got us through and the the first session i lost four level zeros right away this session i didn't lose (laughs) anybody because we'd started to pick up some 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 gear and started in and we inflicted pretty good for level zeros but the uh thing that's taking place in a part of the continent behind a radiation barrier where there's been an insect revolution and now suddenly the insects all have uh skeletons and act like mammals and are huge megafauna everywhere so we're just trying to fight it's like kind of like that old tv show land of the giants we're just trying to get our asses out of this anthill giant anthill in one piece and everything's bigger than us giant ants giant aphids but uh I, i gotta give some props to uh Judge James, because uh, it wasn't until we plundered this garage, found this long uh, grav platform, figured out how it worked, and are sailing across this giant underground cavern, dodging aphids, when it suddenly began to cross our minds that he was running us through a post-apocalyptic reskin of sailors under the startled sea. Nice. And all of a sudden, it, it, it's like it's funny. The idea occurred to everybody at the table at once, and all this. And and like I said, we were, we had a couple of laser pistols and rifles on us at this point. And we're like, okay, don't attack anything, <laughs> whatever you do. Wow. So that's uh, awesome. But it's just a, a, I haven't had that much fun in a very very long time. James is running the game in a way that just is back like it's thirty years ago for me playing and slinging dice. 
And when you're mostly run, that's a nice break. Yeah, definitely. I'll be all charged up when I get out from under these deadlines and get back behind the screen. Okay, well, let's go summon some emails. You've got mail. Message for you, son. Summon email. The following emails have been edited accordingly and content content. Oh, that's me, isn't it? You ready? Sure. All right. Our first one comes from, uh, looks like, Lon Jr. Hey, guys. I'm DM Lon. Love your podcast. Catching up on it now. I think the episode that cemented my love of this podcast was the first Michael Curtis interview where you made the mirror ball cobra. (laughs) What was it? A a discopedia? No. Yeah, no. You're right. You're right. Something along those lines? And and, and Uh, Michael Curtis saved... There's a discopelia. There you go. Pelia. There we go. Yeah, Michael Curtis uh, saved our butts because Job and I were sitting there trying to generate the monster and just coming up with weird stuff, and Mike came to the rescue. Pulled it all together. Yeah, Lon says, I have not yet had a chance to play DCC. Have the book and have some modules, yet part of me wants to try and wing it with a campaign of my own design, though I probably will use the zero-level funnel in the book to start out. I disagree that this game couldn't be used with a mega dungeon, yet this is just conjecture since I have yet to wrangle a group together. We'll keep you up to date. Uh, He also adds that he was in on the Kickstarter for Tales of a Fallen Empire, and he says, I love it. I'm immortalized as one of the two Sorcerer Kings. I love the Gonzo stuff in it and hope to use some, if not all of it, whenever I get my DCC campaign off the ground. Keep up the great work and look forward to hearing the next episode. I, I, I'm I'm in Lon's boat. Um, <laughs> once you get a group together, it's a tough call to do the modules or wing it. So be sure and let us know how that goes, man. I mean, yeah. You can do a little bit of both, too, though. I mean, that's what I always did. I used a little bit of both. Some modules integrated with some winging it, and it all worked out good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and keep that in mind next weekend, Jeffrey. <laughs> You've got it. You'll do awesome. Just relax. Have a good time. Roll with the punches. Yeah, that's what gets me in trouble. <laughs> they end up with weird <laughs> stuff that comes comes up three games later. I'm like, Wait, I mean, where'd you get that? Oh, from me. The, Damn it. Yeah. Index cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best stall tactic I know is to just put a locked door in front of the players that they can't get through. They'll spend an hour on that door. And then, and then you can call it to the next game when you have time to figure stuff out. <laughs> Nice. All right. Next email comes from James Spawn. Hail, Spellburners. You must have invoked the patron of dungeon crawling because it's all your fault. Because of Spellburn, I finally set aside my bias against buying new and exotic dice and ordered a copy of DCC and a set of funky dice. Because if you're not rolling real dice, it's not really old school. In any case, after four episodes, you guys convinced me to throw my rare disposable gold pieces into the DCC ring, and now I'm eagerly awaiting its arrival by post and trying to swindle my wife into letting me spend the cash to pick up Purple Sorcerer Games' Sunken City Omnibus. I'm hoping that between the core rules, a dice set, and the Sunken City, I'll have a campaign ready to go. Curse you and thank you for turning (laughs) me on to DCC. I've gone from roll for initiative, then save or die, and now spellburn. You guys sure know how to do a podcast, and I look forward to many episodes in the future. Sincerely, Judge James Spawn. Thanks, James. 
Yeah, thanks. That's thanked, awesome. I, thanked and cursed in the same sentence. That sounds like a <laughs> typical typical end of a date evening for me. Okay, our next email comes from Rich Mundy. Hello, Judge Jen. My daughter Emily and I truly enjoyed meeting you in the line for the Harley Strode death funnel at, at Gen Con. Aww. It was it was cool when it dawned on me that you might be that Jen, and my daughter thought she was taking the the place of a celebrity when you bowed out of the funnel. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you had as much fun as we did this con. You're definitely a talented gamer slash musician and a great addition to Spellburn, and Emily and I have been grooving to Marooned. Oh, you guys rock. <laughs> I checked out Save or Die again on your recommendation, and you're right. It's pretty awesome, especially since Jim is also hosting. Best of luck, and I hope to see you at GaryCon, Rich Mundy. Did, did you edit okay. that? Did you edit no, that email? Did it originally no. say, in spite of Jim also hosting? I, <laughs> this is me twisted my toe in the dirt, Jim. I'm just gorsh. Uh, well, thanks, Rich. It, it was awesome meeting you guys, too. That's the little girl yeah. you told us about, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, she was she was pretty cool. That's nice. Harley is great with kids. It's, I mean, it's clear he has lots of practice because he runs a campaign for like grade school kids or junior high school kids at home anyway. But he was mm-hmm. he's always great with kids. Yeah, he is. I mean, Job, you've got some experience with that, right? Uh, running for kids, yeah. Yeah, running for kids, killing their characters. No, no, he makes running them cry. Kids? Huh? I said running from kids. <laughs> he makes the kids cry. That's what he does. No mercy. They're t- they're tougher for it. Okay, now you're starting to sound like my dad. <laughs> Suck it up, princess. <laughs> yeah, pick, her, pick herself up. Dust herself off. Exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, we have an email here from Ed Kabara. Hey, judges, where do you hang out online and who do you listen to? I know about the G Plus community, but what other sites are you on daily? And who do you listen to on Twitter and Facebook, etc.? Sincerely, Ed. Okay, well, well, let's, let's round robin this one so uh, Ed can cyberstalk us all. Yeah, you first, Jim. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, what's interesting about my Google Plus presence is it was all because of DCC. I, I, when I first got into the game, all the DCC people were on Google Plus, and I'm like, oh, all right, one more thing I have to figure out and to join. But uh, I'm on Facebook a bunch. And the forums for Goodman Games and the forums for this and Save or Die's podcast. Okay. Job. Job, Job's on a ferry somewhere in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm on Twitter with, uh, as MetaDM. I don't know why I never changed that. It was some old thing. I hang out with the Goodwin forums. I'm on G Plus usually. Uh, OSR gaming forums. Um, I look in there every once in a while, and a little bit of Facebook. So, but I think by far the best place for DCC stuff though is the Google Plus forums. In, in some ways, it's 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 interesting because depending on what somebody wants to talk about and how they want to talk about it, if it's something very immediate like I'm having a game Thursday, I want players online, it'll be on the Google Plus page. If it's sometimes a more thoughtful or deep. A question it'll show up on the Goodman Games forums and then sometimes people argue about why people do one and not the other yeah you know I think you'd get a pretty round response if you were to post the same question in both places you know if it's not an immediate need 
I, I'm just like a cake and pie guy. Why choose? Why not have both? Do it all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jeffrey? Uh, I predominantly hang out in uh, Google Plus. It's just it's it's friendly. It's easy. It's uh, so I like it. That's probably my predominant hangout spot. I lurk Facebook though, so you know I lurk the DCC group over there. Uh, you know I follow several gamers over there, of course, and uh, but I feel like I lurk more there than I do on G Plus. Uh, and in Twitter, uh, I'm probably in fact I would probably put Twitter above Facebook as far as where I actually interact and things. And then, uh, you know, I swing by the Goodman Game Forums and OSR Gaming as well. But uh, for me, I think Job's right. If, if, you know, if you only have time for one or you, one, I, I would head towards the G plus uh, DCC community group, I think. Uh, and if you get, you know, time to branch out from there, and it's probably, you know, Facebook or Twitter or the Goodman Game Forums, depending on, you know, which format you prefer. But I think there's good information on several of those sources, though. And part of that question was, who do you listen to? What do you think? I listen to Job all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you listen, but you don't follow my instructions, Jeffrey. <laughs> well, that wasn't one of the requirements. <laughs> it was for me. <laughs> In our little coaching sessions that we have every, every other day. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. I listen to all the, uh, the Wild Games Productions podcasts. That's probably about it. There are a lot of good podcasts. I mean, like Job, I listen to the, all the Wild Games Productions podcasts, uh, which besides Save or Die, Roll for Initiative, Thaco's Hammer, and there's a new one that uh, Vince and Glenn and Eric Tenkar are doing called uh, Brainstorm. It's a very quick in-and-out 30-minute podcast where they just pick a quick topic from a judge's point of view and talk about it. And there are some other ones outside of Wild Games Productions. Eric Tenkar's got a new one called uh, Tenkar and the Badger. That's really good. There's a podcast called Gagman that I really like and the uh, even though it's Wild Games Productions it's still relatively new. The Dead Games Society has got a really good podcast. So there's more gaming podcasts hmm. out there than you can shake a dead cat at. Do any of you guys know, when is that Harley Stroh interview going to come out on uh, Tenkar and the Badger? I keep checking for that every once in a while. And Yeah, I checked earlier last week and it still wasn't out it seemed like. Eric and uh, if I think about it I know the Badger's actual real name. He's a great guy. Jason. There, yeah, yeah. I love his accent. Um, they're just they're 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 doing what we were doing a year and a half ago. It's like let's do a podcast. Oh wait, I have to do this. Oh wait, I need to do that. So I think they're just coming up the learning curve. They're they're not yeah. name level yet. They're they just like <laughs> got out of their character funnel. It might take them a while. They they summoned a patron at level zero. Well, he's already been on oh. social media <laughs> saying how well the interview went. Plus, we've had uh, Harley on, so I mean, yeah, that's an auto win. Yep. Just give Harley a microphone and let him rip. Definitely. Okay, I see that's all the emails that you had scheduled, Jen, but I want to jump down further in the bag and answer one real quick. May I? If you feel it necessary. Okay, uh, there's just an email. I, I know this guy from Writing to Save or Die. There's an email from Kevin Long that says, Hi, folks. I was just wondering if anyone knows what would happen if we did not feed the blood box um, from the free RPG Day Adventure. And, uh, Kevin, yes, we all know what would happen if you didn't feed the blood box. Okay, let's go do some Mighty Deeds now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> Wait a second. I have an idea. That's plenty for the both of us. I move for no man. <laughs> Ow. Mighty Deeds. 
Okay, time for some Mighty Deeds. Uh, we've got three adventures, and uh, two of them are kind of mini-adventures, but one's like full bore, just as big as anything Goodman Games puts out. Well, it's bigger than some of them. One full bore oh, yeah. module. So uh, let's start with the Wizardarium of Calibraxis, which is a very old-school-flavored adventure that uh, is so old-school it requires a little more than the average m amount of adjudication to run it. Lots of things where, okay, there's a note, judge figure this out. So what did, what did we think of that? I, what did, the format we decided on was we're all just going to name one favorite thing, and then if we have a least favorite thing, maybe talk about that next. Sounds yeah. good. Like Sounds, yeah, sure. Sounds like a plan. So uh, let's uh, start with uh, a volunteer. I'll jump in there. Joe, so, you're the man. The so uh, one of the things I really liked about the Wizardarium of Calibraxis was the uh, Borblibs. Did you guys see that? You, you, just, you just took my number one choice. Uh, well, that's well, why well, I wanted to jump on there first. Well chosen. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like so, you're dancing awful close to mine, so I'm not sure here. Uh, maybe I'll go second. <laughs> so so this, uh, the villain, the, uh, the, the Vorbians, um, at the end, they, they don't really detail what their, their purpose is or what their motivation is. So there's this Mad Libs kind of fill in the blank section at the end where you um, where you flesh out what the what the Vorbian's purpose is. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Very good. So all right, Jeffrey, you may go next. Yeah. So I'll expand just a bit, but I think one of the things I liked about is there seems to be a large number of unique creatures within the module, uh, which I think is cool. I think that really plays into the DCC uh, vibe where you run into things you just aren't expecting. Uh, it, you know, uh, which is why I thought Job was treading awful closely. What I thought was cool, but uh, I sort of thought the head swapper bat was really cool. Oh, dude, those uh, things were rocking! Oh yeah, yeah, like that's that. what I thought. It was like, whoa, that's that's pretty nasty. So, uh, but yeah, that that's what I sort of like is some of the unique creatures that are sprinkled throughout the module, and that head swapper bat really sort of stuck out. The time lizard. Yeah, yeah. It was a very cat. It's written in a very casual writing tone, and include some play test notes like when we played with the head swapper bats you know this guy decided he wanted to keep the head or something yeah yeah how about you jen uh you know what i find most helpful about this and, and it's going to sound kind of cheesy but i appreciate having all of the maps up front so i get a chance to look at it and kind of get an idea of the lay of the land before i start reading all of the descriptions for each room and each area and just it's the way my brain works I, I i'm grateful for it i'll say one of my favorite parts is the actual layout of this adventure there was a lot i mean for it to be a little mini adventure that's only like what 16 20 pages long something like that mm -hmm. um he's got a proto psionic system in there and i just call it proto because he gives you one the, the, the basic system, how it works, and one sonic power, and then invites the judges to create their own. But that uh, that uh, one sonic power of defenestration, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. That was awesome, where you just use your sonic power to open up a por interdimensional porter and suck the guy out, and he gets spit back into the room with a random table's worth of different things that could happen to him. I mean that—that's just old school. When anything that results in a table, I can roll on. That's old school to me. A lot of time, a lot of psionics, and a lot of time travel flavored things, which is a soft spot for me in this adventure. Yeah, I like the time travel stuff too. I, I, I mentioned the time lizard; that was a cool monster too. 
Yeah, that time lizard's pretty bad, and he's one of the worst uh, time travel mishaps. I like the way he dealt with time travel in this too, where uh, you know you you, you appear ghost like in the alternate time thing, and you can't affect anything, and nothing can affect you, but there but you can observe things. Yeah, that was cool. And I I really like the art too. That was pretty. It was kind of cartoony style, but um, definitely was cool. Art was just a touch jar. I thought the art was decent, but it sort of threw me out of the. I don't know. It seemed just a touch jarring for the work. The art was good, just. I don't know. It just didn't quite fit what how I felt the module should feel. The atmosphere? Yeah, the atmosphere. Very subjective. And the art was good. I don't want to discredit the art, but uh just didn't quite fit the right feel atmosphere for me. Well, in this particular product, this is one that where Claytonian JP did it from soup to nuts. So he did the maps, he did the art, he did the layout, he did the writing. Yeah, and that is definitely a challenge. I mean, even as me who writes and puts stuff out, there's no way I could do all of my own. Or if I did, my art would look way worse than this. Let's put it that way: be stick figures when, and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that you know, so the art looked good. Just well, I know what you're saying. You know, I mean, it's 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 more of a cartoony Bigfoot style. I, not that different from what I personally do, my natural style. So if I were to illustrate my own adventure it would look similar to this and then the maps it's really great because it's sort of a an even more cartoony version of the Doug Kovacs view where it's half map half infographic right so that's pretty sweet but it's 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 very um cartoony in the like the layout of the random monsters it's hilarious but it's not as what would you do different I mean if you were going to hire an artist to do illustrate this who would you pick Oh shoot! I don't know who I would pick for sure. I guess the feel I would go for would be just a, a little bit more line arty, a little bit more of that older look to it, that old OSR feel to it. Uh, I mean, but it's good for people to you know stretch their limits. I mean, there's a lot of that in DCC, and maybe that's why this seems just a little jarring to me. But just a little more, you know, I don't know, sketchy old school look to it than the cartoony look to it. But I know the next two. Uh, adventures we're going to review some of us behind the microphone had had some involvement in jen you proofread the next two adventures we're going to review right yes sir okay this the, my one uh hit on uh, the wizardarium of calabraxis is it could have benefited from having you proofread it because there were it was i like oh, the damn. casual writing <laughs> i like the casual writing style but there were some pretty grievous typos but I mean, I think question, that's a good mark? point. I, I think that's a good point, though, Jim. Is if you're gonna put something out, at least get a proofreader or an editor. I mean, I know just from my world of putting stuff out. You know, I read through it. and I'm like, this is looking good. And I send it off to the guy that does the editing for my stuff, and it's like he shoots it back. And it's like, wow, I can't believe I <laughs> didn't catch that when I was, you know, reviewing this. And I've even sent it off to you know friends, let them, you know, do their friend proofread of it. And uh, the editor that I pay to do mine is a uh, you know, there's always fun something. It's it's well worth, you know, very least someone proofing it or outright paying an editor to go through it and catch some of that stuff because it does detract a little bit for, for some people. It, yeah, and that's the kind of thing that I find jarring when I go through and and read an adventure. I, I've been known to just put it down and never pick it back up again because okay, dude, four times in one page. It's- it. it but it's a personal thing, too. It's virtually impossible for an author to proofread their own copy because you've got in your head what you intended to say and you just glide over the mistakes. I've been proofreading some uh, products here recently that were written by you know industry giants, and they look like the St. Valentine's Day massacre after I get done red, mark- red pinning it up just because you know, there needs to be a 
Oxford comma there, you know. Yes, Oxford commas are our friends. <laughs> but my copy, you would just be able to shred and rebuild because I can't, you know, I can't proofread my own stuff. Oh, yeah, and that's certainly I'd say. I know anytime I send something off, it comes back with lots of red marks on it, you know, stuff that needs fixed, so. Well, I'm happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> so we will post all the information for these products that we're about to discuss on the web page where you can see them. But just to say it out loud, uh, the Wizardarium of Calibraxis is published by uh, uh, Claytonian JP's company, Kill It With Fire. The uh, price and format is $1.95 for a PDF. So that right there, I mean, forget about the art. For $1.95, that's next to free. Yeah, and well worth, I mean, at, at that price, you know, even oh, yeah. with some of my art and, you know, and some of the the typos aside, it's well worth it. Just the creatures you get out of that that you could, you know, yank and use for somewhere else or, you know, anything like that. It's well worth the price of admission. And uh, it's available on RPG. We'll post a link. And that moves us along to Prayers of the Forgotten, which is three mini-adventures that introduce forgotten gods to your campaign and a completely new thing called the Boon System. And uh, like the uh, Well of Souls, the prior publication from Stormlord Publishing, um, you can get it in PDF only, but it's also available as a print-PDF combo, and it's the print version is like boutique-printed like Well of the Souls was. I, I have the print copy. How about you guys? Did you just go with PDF? or? Um, no, I've got it right in front of me here. <laughs> well, I mean, I, maybe I'm making too big a deal about it, but it's like a step up from the fanzines. It's a very careful paper choice and, and cover choice with the, like the little ragged edge. Yeah, you guys are stealing like probably my favorite thing about the Prayers of the Forgotten is that boutique quality of the, the print version uh, all the carrot went into it. I know when he was putting some of these together, the Well of Souls and this, he really experimented with different edging and different ways to do it. Uh, different, you know, getting the ink to look good on the paper. And uh, yeah. so I think the boutique style of this is is certainly a highlight. And it's one of those that you know, owning it in physical form, I think, is how I would want it, not just PDF, uh, just for that boutique nature of it. Just you know, that half step step above a zine quality and uh, something like that. So. Yeah, I actually I read these uh, this in in PDF, but um, I, I actually went ahead and uh, I'd mean, been meaning to buy the print version, so I bought Prayers of the Forgotten and uh, Well of Souls. So I'm um, looking forward to to seeing what they look like in, in person. They're pretty. <laughs> it's the difference between that and just the standard fanzine, eight and a half folded over and printed with a cover. It's hard to describe. It's kind of like an iPad before you've ever seen one. You have to hold it in your hands, and then you go, "Oh, I like this." Yeah, he, he clearly put some time and effort into making it stand out. So what was your favorite part of Prayers of the Forgotten Job? I don't know. If I just one favorite thing out of there, I would I would say the uh, Phlogiston, uh, uh, Phlogiston Flintlock. Oh! That was after the Serenity. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Did I steal everybody's? Of course. Sure, <laughs> <I know>. sure. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're going to spoil the whole adventure. Te- tease it enough to get people to buy it. Yeah. yeah, really. Well, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, an artifact firearm that could open up a interdimensional rift in a whole Phlogiston storm. Who doesn't want that in their campaign? Right. And meantime, you're inflicting 2d8. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> How about you, Miss Jen? You know, I gotta say, my favorite thing about this particular piece is the the overall feel and the inspiration that it brought to me. 
because it solved so many problems that I was dealing with personally for where I was going to go with my campaign. Well, you and, obviously picked up the Boone system and ran with it. Oh, oh, yes, definitely. Um, the the Boons were just that for me. Um, so the the token that was given out by the Carnifex, I was able to put the stats to it using all of this. And overall, I got to say my 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 favorite particular about this is the castigation table that is included. Because can you just much, can you just like explain the basic system? So, uh, well, much like rolling a spell check when you're a cleric, in order to take advantage of the powers of a boon that is given to you, you have to roll um, probably on a d16 instead of a d20 in order to activate that. And if you roll a one, there's this nifty little uh, castigation table for you. It's similar to a disapproval table, but the effects are a little bit different. And it's a, it's not like repeating the same thing that you get with your clerics where, oh, they have to recruit more followers. Oh, they got to recruit more followers again. Um, these are about, um, you know, you can pray for forgiveness or you can undergo a test of humility and you take a penalty to your personality and, you know, the, the failures can stack as well. So it, it just adds a really cool flavor to it and it allows characters that aren't clerics to become favored souls and to use these things with the boons. Yeah, I feel like we almost need to back up and explain the system from the ground up so that it's understandable. The I, the whole idea of the boon mechanic is to introduce forgotten and fallen gods into your campaign and involve the players in that, where a player stumbles across the relic, like you know the pinky bone of some dead saint of a, one of these fallen gods, and that pinky bone confers the ability to get these boons you're talking about. And it, they're not like spells. It's like it's 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 much simpler stuff because the god doesn't have a lot of power with no followers. It's like a plus one to your saves for this combat and things like that. But you get three a day. We're up to yeah. Well, and, it, and as it says on the front cover, yeah, you know, there, there is no such thing as a dead god, only dead followers. So the gods are still out there waiting to be revived and brought back, and, and you get brought back into popularity. And you get three of them in this book. Plus their boons, plus little mini adventures the characters can go on to, where they actually get their hands on the relic. That was my favorite thing was the the uh, the uh, forgotten god at the end who sounded a lot like Krom to me. He was called Stormlord. And the whole deal where you get your hands on that relic that involved fighting seven escalating waves of uh, phantom warriors was just like, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. How cool would that be? I mean, your players are like, you know, you got a whole party, and the first guy pops up, and you're like, okay, we kill him. Then two guys pop up, okay, we kill them. And then it just keeps rolling. <laughs> yeah, and they don't know when it's going to stop. Yeah, there there are some really great ideas put forth in here. So what was it about the boons you didn't like, Job? Oh, uh, so I like the idea of the boons, and I like a lot of ideas um, out of Prayers of the Forgotten. Um, but the one thing I didn't like about the boons was the like a plus one here to this or you know edge case and plus one to this uh, to me it was i was kind of getting flashbacks like you know 4e or something it's just a bunch of fiddly bits it was a little fiddly in places you're right 
Yeah. So, you know, that kind of stuff kind of bugs me a little bit. But overall, I like ideas. I mean, Stormlord, you know, multiple encounter thing. I mean, that's definitely something to rip off. And, um, you know, the whole, the blessed setting of Austin's, the pure, um, that one, uh, just the kind of the whole write up I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but I think I would use the idea and not in, in a boon, but I probably, I, I, I would do something else with it. I, I don't like all these plus ones and stuff like that. Yeah, to have three forgotten gods in one little tiny booklet, there was a really nice spread of flavors because you had that, that the poor saint god who healed lepers or whatever, the storm lord who was like Krom, and then some interdimensional travelers who were basically aliens who just crashed on your planet hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a nice spread. A little something for everybody. Okay, uh, has anybody else got anything else on that? I, I wish there'd been just a, little, a touch of smattering of art in it. It was it had cartography in it, had lots of uh, maps and stuff in it. And the maps are cool; they're easy to follow and everything like that. But uh, just, there wasn't any real art inside of it beyond the maps and and the cover, which is nice. But yep, yep, the cover. Yeah, I was going to mention that too. But I thought that. Um the layout was good. The single column, the his font choices, I thought were great. Um, but I would have liked to see some more art inside. Yeah, yeah, layout was great. Uh, just a little bit of art sprinkled in would have been cool. Okay, well, uh, Prayers of the Forgotten is published by Stormlord Publishing. Uh, the authors were Carl Bussler and Eric Hoffman, who also did the maps. Uh, the price and format is you can get it as a two dollar PDF only, or for five bucks. I mean cheaper than the drive through at Taco Bell, you can get a print-PDF combo. And go for the print on that one. Yeah, the print is definitely worth yep. having. Definitely. I mean, they're singing my song, because I really want both. I mean, I know the kids all want PDF. I enjoy having the PDF on my uh, tablet, but I definitely want the print. So for my aged demographic, print-PDF <laughs> combo is perfect. Okay. And that takes us to the biggest one of these three things as a as a physical product, although it's not available in print yet. Stronghold of the Wood Giant Shaman, and full disclosure, two of us actually had a hand in this, right? Yes. Yep, sure did. So let's let's share that information before <laughs> one of us bangs on the maps. Uh, hey, Jim, <laughs> you're gunning for me here. It sounds like. Uh, I I did the maps and uh, the product. And I did the proofing and a little bit of editing. Okay. See, that's not so bad. We can still talk about it. Okay, well, Stronghold of the Wood Giant Shaman, uh, which is written by Stephen Newton at Thick Skull Adventures, is a lengthy adventure that straddles being a traditional homage to an old classic and the world of DCC full of mystery and funk. It, it, it kind of tries to straddle those both at the same time. That's kind of how I read it. What'd you guys think? Oh yeah, and and it does it pretty successfully. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it when I did the first read through. It's definitely sweet as just a DCC tribute to Steading of the Hill Giants. Oh yes, and and I gotta say my favorite part in all of it is the female wood giants. What happens when somebody comes in and tries to do anything to the younglings without giving out? Too many spoilers there. Yeah, they, they take care of business, don't they? And they all got whips. <laughs> a giant with a whip. It's not a laughing matter. 
<laughs> no, especially not a pissed off giant with a whip. <laughs> it brings a whole new flavor to the uh, old chestnut of do we kill the baby goblins? Do we kill the baby wood giants? Well, you may want to think about that. Yeah, well, not with Mama right over here. <laughs> so how about you, Jeffrey? What was your favorite part of this? The maps, man. <laughs> uh, you have to recuse yourself from discussing the maps. What was your other okay. favorite parts? Uh, so, uh, so when I first read this, you know, because I got to read it, you know, ahead of everybody else, probably. And uh, when I first read it, it really sort of creeped me out. <laughs> uh, there were certain sections where I'm like, "Wow, uh, it, he really, I think, pushed that line, pushed that envelope more so in this module than uh, some of the others, even." And uh, uh, there's a couple really creepy factors in here that I think are nice twists and uh, creepy twists at that. So uh, that's probably my favorite part. I, I'm not easily creeped out, and I'm just like, man, that's that's sort of nasty. <laughs> so uh, that was probably my favorite part without putting spoilers in since it's so r- recent. But uh, there's a couple of things in there like that that are, I think, very cool and right on that edge. Well, it won't that- spoil the whole adventure if you just give us one. I mean – Unless oh, the one that, I have in like mind is not like a giant, you know, plot affecting thing. Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's a little uh, would be a little spoilerish. Uh, yeah, I, I got one for you, Jeffrey, because I I wrote this one down too. I just I, there's some pretty gruesome stuff in it, which I thought was really cool. Yes, it's like You're definitely right rated <laughs> rated R. Well, it's uh, very Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doomish. That kind, that level of okay. I don't know. I thought it was like a slasher flick. Some of the stuff from there. Yeah, that's uh, what I, that, it, I think. Jones what I was going to throw out there, the thing is, well, I was, this is the only thing we can safely say is, 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 you know, giants might cut off your legs and eat them and throw your torso into the uh, cage. Yes, th- that's a safe. That's a safe one. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> what's so gruesome about that? Giants got to be giants. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't want a giant to be sitting there, you know, eat. Well, I'm bleeding to death eating my leg like it's a turkey leg at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> I love the way uh, Steve Newton knows how player characters think, obviously, from decades of experience, because he, you know, there's there's no place, players always want to go where you don't want them to go, and he uh, accounted for that. If you, you know, want to fully explore the giant's outhouse, that's not too spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there, there, there are lots of things to uh, for you to do. God help you if you do. You had it coming, man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with my least favorite part of it. My least favorite part of it was that the adventure possibly begins in Tenkar's Tavern with Eric Tenkar. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh, jeez. We, we <laughs> love you, Eric. I was just playing. This is why we can't have nice podcasts, Jim. <laughs> um, I mean, the my favorite part about this is kind of general. It's just the completeness of this whole sandbox setting. I mean, this is not... This is this is atypical compared to traditional DCC modules published by Goodman in that this thing is lengthy, it's deep, and you could spend many, many sessions playing it because it's an entire sandbox setting. I mean, uh, all the way to the traditional thing players like to do, which is after they clean the place out, let's take it over. Okay, well, there's a whole ecology and area set up for it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a full-bore, big-ass DCC adventure. Well, yeah, it's like 36 pages, 36, 38 it's impressive. And, and after that, the catfish troll, because I think that was a little homage to uh, the comic strip from Dragon Magazine, Wormy. 
unless I miss my guess. I'm like, oh, it's a catfish troll. That's cool. Well, it's not cool if you tangle with it, but... Yeah, I think my least favorite part was a particular uh, item that could be used later by the players, and I'm really strongly thinking about omitting that if I ever run this. Just because that's one more thing that I don't need them pulling out three adventures later going, oh, well, we have this. (laughs) No. No, you don't. (laughs) Well, I want to be sure and emphasize that it's not just uh, an an homage to the old TSR module. There's plenty of DCC stuff in it, which you reminded me of when you talked about the uh, magic item you don't want to let the players get their hands on. I mean, you know, what's it supposed to be for fourth or fifth level characters? And there's interdimensional travel, demons, all kinds of stuff in this besides wood hill giants oh yeah yeah but yeah i think he did a really good job dcc 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 filing it uh you know to make it that homage to to the giants modules so not to deify it but to dcc-ify it yes that's what yes (laughs) fine line right (laughs) yes it is a very fine line yes I know in the show notes I asked us all to have a least favorite thing. My least favorite thing was it's not a print product, but that's forthcoming. I saw I saw Damn, on the, on stole the mine. Yes. That was my least favorite thing too. Oh. Well my <laughs> least favorite thing was gonna be, you know, the just kind of the layout and the art overall and the whole thing. I'm not a fan of, you know, with you know, textures behind the text and all that kind of stuff and um, well, one of the versions is without uh the watermark behind. Oh, okay. So there is a plain PDF available. Oh, okay. I should have looked at that one because that just like bugs me. Every time I'm reading, it just keeps distracting me. And- <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%, Job. I mean, on a tablet, it doesn't bother me as much, but I still don't like it. And the print version, I just it, it's just one more thing my old eyes have to try and parse while I'm reading it. But like the, the, uh, the entire text I thought was just awesome. It was great. Good job, Stephen. Yes, very nice. Oh, wait, I didn't say what my favorite thing was. Yeah, we skipped you. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just going to insert myself in here. But we already talked about the stuff on my list, but I'm going to say two things now because they're, they're tiny things. They were like my third and fourth. But um, I really like the uh, intoxication table that was in there. I don't know if you guys read that one. But... Oh, dude, it was awesome. <laughs> it was a good one. What was it? Go, one of the results was go blind for D24 hours? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. And then I also I this would be too spoilery, but um, I really liked the uh, what was in the trophy room. Ah. Did you guys read that? <laughs> well, I yeah. that, See, that to me that seems up your alley because you kind of like your stuff gory. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't. I just thought it was cool. Uh, the I don't know. It was a little bit of a twist. Right on. Any anytime you can mess with the with the players, um, I like that. I it, noticed it, I didn't say characters, I said players. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to overreact, but you do need to know your players sometimes when you run certain things in an adventure. I don't think this is really, I mean, this would fly with any table I've ever sat at, but if you happen to be at a table with somebody who is especially squeamish, they might have problems with some of this. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. And that's even more fun to play with. I mean, there's a nine-year-old that used to be in my group, and Micah would just be, you know, DEFCON 1, let's go, and something like this. And, and with his dad there, I wouldn't worry about running it. But you would still want to think about it with, yeah. youngin, with youngins, I mean. So, yeah, that's why you put a cap on the tables now. <laughs> uh, 
And that's socially awkward <laughs> note. Okay, so anybody else got anything else about the stronghold of the wood giant shaman? Not till that puppy's in print. Oh, I want that. Yep. Ti- I want that title to be one word shorter. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, Stephen said on the Goodman Games forum that print's forthcoming, so I'm de- I'm definitely yeah. on board for that when it happens. I, I I need my adventures in a milk crate. PDS don't go in a milk crate. <laughs> now you know I never read um, Attack of the Frogs. Is it as good as this one, or do you think this one's better than Attack of the Frogs? I liked Attack of the Frogs, but they are almost of two different hands. Okay. Yeah, this one's much fuller, much more fleshed out, and you know the the one that it's done in homage to is as well. Um, Attack of the Frogs is a a great shorter adventure. You could probably get through it in one sitting. Okay. Right. Whereas this one would take you probably a good two, if not four, sessions if your players are really thorough. And well, I mean, they're DCC giants. So it's probably going to be a few parties that you're going to have to bring through here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, well, level yeah, five ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My, my group's yeah, getting but the close. The tables for giant is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. That that's another good uh, one for the favorites list. This actually yes. gives you a new crit table for the wood giants. Specifically for them, because I think they were. Uh, using a D22 to get them just a half step down from regular giants instead of a D24? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then their own crit chart, and yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I mean, a big group of 4th or 5th level players who played it really old school and really smart could probably eventually get through this adventure. If a group of players try and Pathfinder their way through this, they're going to get murdered dead. Because there's just too many oh, yeah. giants in that place. Before they even get in, Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the 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 minions are freaking nine foot tall Sasquatches in this adventure. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, okay. Let's uh, move it on over to Patron Bond, where we will rate each of these adventures we reviewed tonight. Who are you? Your new lord and master. What orders from Mordor, my lord? Oh, don't trouble. One thing I can't stand is people groveling. Go ahead. Patron Bond. So, uh, Patron Bond. The Wizardarium of Calibraxis. Hit, critical hit, miss or fumble. Jen? Um, I'll give it a hit. There are things in there that I wouldn't mind trying. Joe? Um, I think I'd go for the same. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a hit, a solid hit. Jeffrey? I'll give it a hit. There's plenty of creatures I can steal from, borrow from, and uh, spice up anything else I've got going on with it, so I'd give it a hit. I'll make it unanimous, so that's a round of hits for the Wizardarium of Calibraxis. The Prayers of the Forgotten. Jen? You know my answer. Critical hit all the way. Uh, don't be shy. <laughs> uh, Joe? Um, I'm just going to go with a hit for Prayers of the Forgotten. I, I thought the ideas were cool, but um, I don't know. It just didn't totally gel for me but it was really pretty jeffrey wasn't totally your flavor <laughs> yeah need more art <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll give it a hit as well i again i think there's some cool stuff in there uh a couple of little fiddly bits would probably 
you know, impact my rating a bit, so keeping it a hit. I uh, would have liked to have seen just a little bit of art. I know it's ex- it can be expensive to get good art in there, and you know, there's the do you stock art or do you get someone to do art? But just a little bit of art would have helped. Uh, the print version, though, I-, I have a feeling I might rate that higher if I had it in my hand. But the PDF version, based on what I've seen, I'd go hit with it. Uh, good solid uh, 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 module. Uh, I'd give it a hit. Well, I think your argument is well presented and rational, but wrong. I mean, there's as much game content in Prayers of the Forgotten in 16 pages as there are in 30 of most things, so I'm going with a critical hit. I thought it was pure genius. And that'll get us to Stronghold of the Wood Giant Shaman. Jen? Of course you're starting with me. Um, Critical hit, but not for the obvious reasons. I think it's really, really well done as an homage. I mean, a lot of care was taken with not making it a direct copy and throwing it into the proper DCC spin. Job? Uh, I'm going to go for a critical hit. I really enjoyed that one. In fact, if I was going to um, order these three products, I would be putting this one at the top, Stronghold of the Wood Shaman, then Wizardarium of Calibraxis, then Prayers of the Forgotten. Um, though I enjoyed them all. I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was really great. Uh, you know, the only thing bad I could say about it is, you know, I wish that he would just let someone else lay it out and make it look prettier, so that um, other people would, you know, uh, be able to just glance at it and realize that it's genius. They don't have to read every single word. And how about you, Jeffrey? Mm, I'm biased, so I'm going to go critical hit. Uh, Mainly for a lot of the reasons Jen said. I know he started out from the beginning wanting to do the homage to the Giants, and I think he did a good job of turning it into something DCC influenced, uh, while still keeping the, some of the roots with it. Uh, I think that there's a lot of time and effort put into it, uh, so I sort of give it a critical hit from that standpoint. I it, the creep factor, like I said, I, I don't creep out very easily, and just there's that there's a certain thing in there that I'm just like, man, that's just that's right on the line there, so. Uh, I give it a critical hit. I, uh, I think I, th- I thought it came out, turned out really well. I finally get a chance to be a hard ass. I'm only going to give this one a hit, but uh, that's mostly for what Job talked about. The, the the layout, art, and design. I don't think were the same level as the adventure itself. And and it, yeah. I mean that's all that's missing from this thing being as good as anything Goodman puts out. Yeah, that's I agree with actually that. Actually, high praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still got to give it a hit though. But, I mean, so that's all three products are either critical hits or hits, unanimous one way or the other between us. So everybody should go buy these now, especially, I mean, for $2 for Prayers of the Forgotten. And there's your Spellburn bump, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But, I I don't, you know, now that I've put out, you know, one little zine-type format thing, you know. um, Which is awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah, you got yours, huh? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Um, but, I uh, didn't you know, get one. <laughs> I didn't. I thought I sent you one a long time ago. Yeah, me neither. I don't have one either. I didn't. Are you talking uh, about the Demon Idol? <laughs> yeah, I don't have oh, Demon Idol now. I thought it was something new, man. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Oh. Demon yeah. Idol, I don't have. I have. You don't? No. God. All right, I'll send you one. Sorry. <laughs> I, I thought I had given you one a long time ago. I, th- I, th- um, I think the la- last time I pulled that on you, you handed me a second one, so I was just trying it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, so bad. it's harder so than it I looks on the outside, right? 
you know, I, I, I gotta, yeah, it is harder, but uh, you know, at least for art, I mean, you know, buy one piece and then go onto RPG. Now there's all this kind of stock art on there. And, 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 um, you know, I used a piece of Bradley McDevitt's stock art, um, in, in demon idol. And then I also commissioned one from him too. So, you know, when I, you know, trying to defray the cost of all the art that was in there. Uh, and then, you know, I drew the map myself, but I don't know. I mean, there's, you, you could get art from, you know, some pretty famous people if you're willing to maybe tweak your, your text a little bit or, sh or hell, you know, um, you could Photoshop the art and make it match what you want it to match when it's done. It's, you know, I mean, some of these pieces out there in RPG now, like $4 for a high quality TIFF. I don't know. That that's my uh my suggestion for people um who want to get some nicer art in their um zine style stuff. Well and Stefan Pogue did your cover, right? Uh yes, he did. Well, but. I don't want to get into what did Stefan charge you for that because that would be inappropriate. But I will say that there are a lot of industry artists that approach the right way. If you think they cost thousands of dollars for a pen and ink, they don't. Yeah. I mean, you have to work around their schedules and stuff like that. Everybody except Doug. Doug is slammed. Don't call Doug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you guys got some good industry insider knowledge, too. Well, I mean, I, I helped Tim Cask with some of uh, his uh, modules for Eldritch Industries and our Eldritch Enterprises. And some of that was just getting on DeviantArt and finding, you know, we found this genius 22-year-old girl in Norway who was not that expensive and did really great stuff. And 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 they've been paying her ever since to do new stuff for them. You can discover your own artist. Yeah, I, you know what? Another one I've done on that, along the same lines too, is on Deviant Art. Is um, I found an artist who you know just had some old pieces and sketches online, um, and I just contacted them. And I was like, "Have you used, you know, have you used this in any kind of print products?" And they were like, "No." And I like, can I just pay you to use your existing art and just send me a, a scan of it? And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And I got it really cheap yeah just just pay the artists because they need to get paid there used to be a spreadsheet floating around google plus of artists that were you know willing to work at like sort of the rpg industry and uh one of the guys i used for the iron tavern press stuff i picked up off of there and he does really good stuff and reasonable rates you know uh you know there's there's several sources out there if you just do a little looking and like job says ask them you know they're either gonna say no or it's gonna be too expensive for you and then you can you know find some of this more in your budget but it's out there yeah, I feel like maybe we over-focused on this a little. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> I'm just having trouble because I've been on both sides of the fences, and I could just hear myself going, yeah, well, I thought of all that. I it wasn't possible for this. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, never split the party unless the party's already split. Adios, muchachos. See you, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs> And we're out. The Spellburn Podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with D20Radio.com. The Spellburn theme music is provided by the band Glitter Wizard. You can find them at glitterwizard.bandcamp.com. Long, awkward pauses and socially unacceptable comments on tonight's episode were courtesy of the Amateur Podcasters Union, Local 140. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Spellburn.